Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, we're back here on the Investor Coaching Show. One of my favorites, uh, articles uh, in the Wall Street Journal this week. Binance Guilty Plea shows what crypto's really about. <laughs> uh, Binance CEO Changpeng Zhao. CZ, baby. CZ, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's probably better. I don't, don't know if I, I probably butchered that totally. Uh, in center as he leaves Seattle courthouse, stepped down and pleaded guilty in violating U.S. anti-money laundering requirements and says, so it turns out that uh, of the two largest crypto exchanges, one of the one was a fraud and the other one was a money launderer, whoever would have guessed. Yeah. You think? Uh, skeptics of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies have had their prejudices uh, reinforced. Two main causes, fraud and crime, have been exposed to the public in dramatic fashion. Now we all have to do is sit back and wait for the inevitable collapse in value, except there's one problem. It keeps going up. <laughs> well, up and down. Up and, and down. And yeah. Up yeah. and down. I mean, it's been way the heck higher volatile. than it is now. Yeah, it's been way higher than it is right mm -hmm. now. But I, it is just, you know, it, what? And they're talking about that people are out there doing digital art, right? Right. That's not like non-fungible tokens, is it? That's not that, is it? You talk about it's in the article? NFT, yeah. I don't know what they were talking of, about. really, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't even, I, in reading through yeah. that, I can't even picture actually what would be going on, you know, because these are all, I mean, it's just all, you know, a 32-digit, you know, behind the decimal place mm -hmm. fraction of a coin yeah. when you're moving these things, and they're quote-unquote engraving art in this, piece of a digital <laughs> bitcoin yeah i i, like, I okay yeah I, it, it, <laughs> yeah well, i think what he said here was you know whatever floats your boat right. I think, right yeah it's a problem with relying on this this to support value of bitcoin it's uh it's fashionable thing you know like beanie babies you know of course might be fashionable for a while pet rocks yeah and pet rocks <laughs> you got a pet rock chia pets <laughs> I'll get you one for Christmas. <laughs> Rise in small Bitcoin transactions all shows shows how useless it is as a currency. Apparently, they 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 got these charges on there. People, the, the size of the Bitcoin transactions has been going down, but the fee to use it in transaction has been going up. And it says they have an it's it's five bucks for to do a transaction. And that's an insane amount to pay for something invented as a payment method. Uh, digital gold. You know, some people say that that's the reason it has values because it's like gold, except it's in digital form. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, they say that, you know, it was, you know, it, it says the argument was tested when it went into destruction over the past two years. Bitcoin's moves over the past three years have been much closer to the S&P 500 than to gold or inflation, but stocks are an investment in real assets that pay dividends while Bitcoin produces nothing. And that's what we always quote Gene Fama saying, it's not an investment, it doesn't have a cost of capital. Right. And then gambling was another thing. Well, before you leave the digital yeah, gold, go ahead. actually, mm -hmm. you know, it, 
it says, you know, gold's this touted as right. the hedge against inflation. It's a good store of value. <laughs> right. And so we have record inflation from the last 20 or 30 years. Right. And Bitcoin drops 60%, you know, exactly the opposite of what it's supposed to do. Now, the interesting thing- That, that is fascinating. When you think about that, that is fascinating. And, and it mirrors what we tell clients frequently is, you know, gold, physical gold is also a horrible hedge against inflation. It's mm-hmm. got enormous volatility, mm-hmm. just like the Bitcoin did. Inflation is really not all that volatile. And gold is at least a store of value. I will give it that. A hundred years ago, an ounce of gold bought a good men's suit. Today, an ounce of gold buys a good men's suit. But as an you investment, know. it's been Oh, it's abysmal. a horrible investment. Right. No cost of capital. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, we look at that. And we did that little study where you took an income from the late 1970s and you ran out of money. Right. You literally right. ran yourself out of money pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, so it's not great. And gambling is the other thing that they're talking about crypto being used for. And it's, it's, I guess it's more socially acceptable than saying that I went to the track. <laughs> yeah. You know, but the reality of it is it's kind of like that. And then the last thing he brings up is crime. You know, it says tempted a few years ago by the idea that value of crypto could be underpinned by genuine transactions that need to avoid the financial system. You know, buying illegal drugs, money laundering, avoiding sanctions, anonymous. Oh, the things that, that uh, he was just prosecuted for, perhaps? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going, okay, this is what... And, you know, I the only thing that hit me, and he didn't bring it up in here, was that it could be used in countries that didn't have a stable currency. You yeah. know, if you have a country that just doesn't have a stable currency, it could be used as a store of value in those countries. Uh, but the reality of it is, this is really what we're seeing. And but if you look at that transaction cost going up, that kind of knocks that out of the park, right? You know where it doesn't work out so well. Well, but, not to mention, technically, it's taxable then because you're well, sure. Yeah, that's a good any point. Gain. Yeah, it's, it's it's a good point. It's actually technically, if you've made a gain on it, then you actually have a chance. Tan- you when you use it for a transaction, not only have you gotten rid of it, but it also can have a taxable. Uh, taxable tax effect on it on that mm-hmm. money uh, or on the bitcoin actually increasing value or whatever cryptocurrency you're talking about and he says that it's mm-hmm. failed to live up to its original premise of being cheap online cash but crypto keeps on reinventing itself i mean it is it's kind of like okay it didn't work for that but you know it's it's good for this oh it didn't work for that and then but it's good for this yeah it's like you know whack-a-mole <laughs> yeah well and and they brought up a good point too they said and it's not like there's only one crypto. They keep creating more and more. Right. Even the Wall Street Journal created their own. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they actually, hey, we did actually- Did they do it as an experiment or yeah, were they, they trying to- Yeah, they did it as, as oh, an experiment. Okay. They wanted to see if it if it caught on and it did. It was, uh, it's been, this has been years, uh, but it was just, wow, okay, we created our own. Um, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Baseball cards of the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, something like that. got the Wall that. Street Journal rookie coin and, uh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah whatever. But, but uh, you know, when I get in conversations with people and they ask about that, they ask about gold, they ask, ask about silver, any of those types of things, uh, not an investment, you know, be, and I hear financial advisors say, don't have any more than, you know, X percent exactly. of your yes. portfolio right. in this. And I'm like, if you don't believe this is a good thing, why would you have anything <laughs> right. in that? 
you know, there, and you'll always hear the story of somebody that hit it big with whatever. Right. With an individual stock. Yeah. Well, but, but you know, the individual stocks, Paul, you can't say individual stocks aren't good. Look at, you know, so-and-so, you know, mm -hmm. whoever had an individual company that they probably ran. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Or they were on the board of directors for, or they, you know, whatever. But the reality of it is so often we only hear the success stories. We don't hear the mounds and mounds of failures and people that have been harmed significantly and put themselves behind the eight ball. And then all of a sudden now they're gun shy to do anything because they've been burnt on this thing that was supposed to be so good. And now they don't do anything and they're way behind. They're in their 40s or their 50s. They don't have enough accumulated because they were trying to hit it out of the park. Well, in their and, 20s and, and 30s. also, I mean, it's just such a young uh, invention. There's nothing but recency bias by uh, looking sure, at sure. anything yeah. to do with it. Right. So you, there's no proof over time. Yeah. You, you want know. to mess up your American dream? Yeah. Oh, you guys saw that study. American dream. Yeah. A lot of people oh. basically saying, ah, I don't think it's 36% uh, of voters in a new Wall Street Journal poll. So the American dream still holds true. That's it. Only 36%. One third approximately of people believe that the American dream actually has any, any kind of holding power, that, 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 they, that they have any possibility of achieving it. And you think, wow. How many people move into this country from other places, you know, in peril, putting their life in peril to get here because they believe it has, it has validity, that they can do it. And yet people, I guess, American born, I don't know. They didn't, didn't say, they didn't say who they polled, but the reality of it is there are people still coming to this country in droves. I think American dreams alive and well. It's, it's just a state of mind. Absolutely. I think it is just a state of mind and it's going back and saying, okay, what am I here for? Yep. What are the opportunities and how can I look, look at the opera? I just, I'm amazed at the success I see around me, you know, just in, in over the, at, uh, at the, at the college, you know, the people that are actually going out and leaving the college and getting out in the career world and doing amazing things. Yeah. I was in a conversation about this about uh, probably a month ago. And uh, a group of us were uh, kind of sharing how we define the American dream. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that conversation, uh, one of the speakers said, basically, the American dream is a terministic screen. It's the way you see the world. Mm -hmm. Oh, a, I would agree with that. As opposed to what you've yeah. achieved or what you can get to, it's mm -hmm. it's the lens you see the world in. I was mm -hmm. talking to a young guy the yeah. other day. I, I mentioned college just a second ago, but the reality was this guy's coming out and doesn't really want to go to college. But boy, could he do anything in yeah. electrical work or uh -huh. plumbing work? And and you know, look at what some of these people make in contractor. Yeah, you know, contractors mm -hmm. and and doing work like that and and uh, you know because that's what they love and that's what they're good at. Yep. No debt, I mean, they're, good they're, income. Yeah, right? it's just how you view the world Yeah, mm -hmm. and the opportunities. And if you'll go and just say, hey, here's what I want to do. I'm going to work hard. And I told my kids many times, you know, if you have a work ethic and you really put your mind to things, you won't have much competition. That's true, right? Because that, that work ethic is rare. 
It is. It is becoming increasingly yeah. rare. Yeah. But there, in lies the opportunity. Right. Yes. For right. the person that is other centered and wants to focus on other people and how to solve other people's problems, because that's all work is. Mm -hmm. Work is simply taking on a task to some solve somebody else's problem and doing something that you have the ability to do that maybe they don't want to do or they can't do. They probably don't want to do it because they can't do it <laughs> quite often. But there is tremendous opportunity for those that will pursue it still in this country. So I think that uh, despite how this will be used for political purposes, you know, because no matter who's in presidency, the reality of it is, and we've had, you know, we've had some pretty crazy stuff over the past, you know, 100 years, and people have still made it somehow or some way. It is the way you view life. It's what you look at and what you think you can do. If you, believe, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Exactly. Henry, right. Henry Ford, right. right? Paul Winkler, Investor Coaching Show. Ann Sawaski, Evan Barnard. Be right back after this. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area and everything we do is fee only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get an initial 15 minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing, and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier about how much money people need to be happy. 525 millennials, $525,000, not total amount of money, but annual income to be happy. Maybe that's why this article, American borrowers are getting closer to maxing out. If I can't make the money by George, I'll borrow it and live at that level. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah they are getting to the top of their borrowing ranges. Yeah. Which is not a good sign that, that there's really a lot of stress out there with the inflation and everything. Yeah, they said uh, recent recent... Note published by the Federal Reserve Bank in Boston found that as of July, consumers with annual household incomes of less than $50,000 whose accounts were delinquent were on average utilizing 80 to 90% of available credit. Leaves the consumers with a very small amount of credit left in their accounts to cushion against, I guess, moving back into the basement of their parents <laughs> might be an option. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, what is going on that people are borrowing? I remember, man, we've seen this before. Yes. Now, where people borrow at that those levels, and then they go, oh, man. And then all of a sudden, they have the wake-up call of their lives, and then try to dig their way out of it. But it's not easy. It is not easy, yeah. Maybe that's why they need... A 50% raise, was it? Yeah, Anne? I just uh, saw yeah, this and, and there, It was yeah. something about the, how much of a raise do you need to be happy? 50%. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's Wall good. Wall Street Journal good article that. by Joe Pinsker. 
Yeah, and they said that 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 um, while employers uh-huh. are planning on an average pay increase of three point nine percent, three point nine, a little bit shy <laughs> yes. of fifty percent. There's a gap. <laughs> yes, I think there's a gap. According, <laughs> somebody's to, not going to be happy. Yes, according to an Empower survey, Americans said that to need to be happy, they'd need almost a fifty percent raise. Wow. Or to, so. to $525,000, whichever is left. Right. <laughs> yes. is, is this a, so, yeah, is this I mean, a career that's breakdown? That's kind of crazy. But uh, a, a career breakdown? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a breakdown because in. Because if you're a school teacher or you're working in entertainment or. Yeah, so. And, and this is really across, across the, board. the board. There's a chart here about median oh. salaries of different levels, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much all of them. So. Yeah, it's going to be a rough, a rough pay. Uh, you know, you know, you know, the next uh, next time that you get together with the employer and say, so how am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not good enough to get a 50 percent raise. I think it's going to be the answer. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of think that's true. Oh, man. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. That's uh, that's kind of crazy. But but I mean, really, so much of it, I think, has to do with inflation. And I mean, everything is going up and when you see what people are you know like i just look at people in my neighborhood oh, and sure yeah how yeah. much housing has gone up yeah. and you have young sure. families trying to pay high prices hey this is paul winkler hope you enjoyed today's edition of the investor coaching show you want to learn more about what we do go to our website paulwinkler.com You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.